this is Ryan. And this is Ashley. And this is Ruining, Ruining Our, our childhood. childhood. It's a weekly podcast where we remove our childhood goggles and put on our adult bivocals to rewatch and review our favorite movies from the past. Ashley, why don't you tell us about the movie we're going to be watching this week? Sure. So today we chose the 1996 classic, and I'm going to say that every time. I'm going to oh, say yeah. classic because yeah. it was a classic to us. Scream. We're going a little of a horror movie this week. Um, so the tagline, or I should say logline, I don't know. If you can tell, we are not in the movie business or anything no, like that. No, we're not. So I'm just making up as I go. Anyway, the logline, I'm pretty sure is what it's called, is a year after the murder of her mother, a teenage girl is terrorized by a new killer who targets the girl and her friends by using horror films as part of a deadly game. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, tell us a little bit of facts from 1996, right? Uh, just quick facts about the movie. It was released on December 20th, 1996. So I would have been a whopping 12 years old. Sure. Uh, budget for the film was 14 to $15 million, but it ended up grossing $173 million. So Damn. it was quite successful. And obviously produced a total of three sequels, most recently Scream 4 and 2011. Awesome. Yeah. Wow. Scream 4 was 2011. Yeah. That's a really long time. But it doesn't, it, yeah, somehow it doesn't And they did the well. movie, or they did the TV show too, I forgot. Oh, I totally forgot about yeah. that. Yeah. Because I, I was know. like, how have they not redone another one? But I forgot they did the Scream TV show on MTV. Yeah. I watched like the first few episodes, but... Mm. I didn't it even watch that. It bad, but no. I don't know. It's just not the same. What was your uh, your memories of the movie? I don't remember. I was 10 when it came out, by the way. So I don't... I didn't see it in theaters. I don't remember renting it, but mm -hmm. I do remember in sixth grade. So this must have been like a year or two after. Because I was a little younger for my grade. I think it was, yeah, sixth grade. We went to a Halloween party. Mm -hmm. My... One of my best friend's neighbor um, invited us, and they were a year older. So it was a bunch of uh, seventh graders. Mm -hmm. And there was just, like, this little group of sixth grade girls that I was in. And it was in a dentist's office because the girl's father was a dentist. Mm -hmm. And there was, like, an extra room or something. It's like I vaguely remember because, go figure, this was how many years ago. Uh -huh. But I just remember them being so excited because we're going to watch this movie. And... And I was like, I don't want to watch a scary movie with a bunch of older kids. I'm going to look like a dork if I get scared. But honestly, the only thing I can remember from the movie is the opening scene with Drew Barrymore. Yes. And that obviously is an iconic scene. It's mm -hmm. spawned a lot of... Parodies. Parodies, yeah. yeah. So most recently, an SNL skit with uh, Pete Davidson that I was telling you about. Yes. And, uh, mm -hmm. John Mulaney. Brosnahan? No, no, John Mulaney. In, oh, my bad. Yeah. Wrong one. So it's obviously an iconic movie, mm -hmm. um, and I think it the horror like I just it was not the first scary movie I saw when I was a kid. I uh, hold a special place in my heart for it, <laughs> As or we I all should do. say a special place in my nightmares. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just vaguely remember watching it with a bunch of kids, and it wasn't as scary because it was a group of like twenty people. But mm -hmm. that's what I remember. How about you? I definitely. Don't even remember seeing previews for it. Mm -hmm. It was not on my radar. I think it was because I was so young. But I want to say 
the it would have been the following Halloween, like the Halloween nineteen ninety seven. I remember around that time, uh, someone at school brought in like a VHS copy, and it was kind of just getting passed around. Like people would take it home and watch it. Mm-hmm. And I remember like before even that, I was confused by like the ghost face masks that I was seeing everywhere. Oh yeah, those for... were. It was like the go-to Halloween yeah. costume for like four years after. So then like. I, I remember borrowing it from one of my friends, watching it. I remember not being overly terrified, but I remember, like, it had a ton of famous people on it, yeah. so it was really enjoyable. And then I would say it became more of a phenomenon with my friends as we got older, as, like, the next couple movies came out. Like, yeah. I remember, like, one of my friends specifically was obsessed with it, obsessed with Wes Craven. He wanted to make his own screen movies. That was basically... I I think I was a little too young to have, like, appreciated it. Obviously, I would not have seen it in theaters. Yeah, it definitely was a post thing. And when this, I think, like, when the second one came out, I rewatched it. And I think the second one came out in, like, 98 or 99. Yeah, Yeah, that sounds right. Um, And then I I saw the third one in theaters. Same. With my brother. So I definitely was a big fan of the movies. Uh, And I feel like I don't get scared very Mm -hmm. easily. Simple is better for me. Yeah. Like, not overdoing it, or not overly bloody. Like, this, I think this kind of movie is, like, the type that's just right, Mm -hmm. from what I can remember. But it's been a while. I think we might have rewatched them a couple years ago for Halloween. Possibly. and It it was probably a decade ago, to be honest with you. (laughs) I think we rewatched them for sure when the fourth one was coming out. So, a good eight years, seven years? Eight years, yeah. So, so it's been a while. It's been a while. So, we're going to have some uh, fresh old eyes watching it (laughs) definitely um so yeah so next do you think it held up i always skip the yeah the whole purpose of the show (laughs) um i think it will just because i think for the most part horror movies do tend to hold up Mm -hmm. like if you think about you know some really old horror movies like psycho and well i mean i mean there's probably parts of psycho that don't hold up but you know, like, just being scared, that's a very classic thing. I think scary movies aren't that scary these days because we're so jaded now. Yeah. Because we've seen almost everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't seen Us yet, but it's a, it looks scary as hell. It looks terrifying. But, yeah, I think it will hold up just because of the fact that it's a horror movie. And there's, I mean, there's definitely some cliches in there, I'm sure. But, oh, yeah. But I think it will, it will hold up. Yeah. How about you? Uh, I agree. I think it's going to hold up. I'm very much looking forward to it. But I agree with a lot of the points that you made that horror movies are some of my favorite things to rewatch every Halloween. Like they always seem to hold up. So I, yeah, I, I'm, we've I'm been kind of bad the last couple of years. About yeah, rewatching. We basically stick to Hocus Pocus and uh, like Shaun of the Dead, maybe. Yeah, Shaun of the Dead. which is not necessarily a scary movie, but no. it is an excellent movie. So. Um, so I guess we'll pause it here and we're going to go watch it. Hit the pause And we're going to come back and talk about Scream. But sure. Stay with us. And we're back. We're going to go ahead and break down our movie like we always do when we have a couple categories. And the first one, we're going to go ahead and try to call 911 using our computer. <laughs> It's time to talk about some technology. Uh, was there any technology in the movie that you found distracting? 
There was a whole bunch of technology, <laughs> um, whether it was the large uh, cordless phone that Drew Barrymore's character was talking to the killer on, mm-hmm. um, but that wasn't too bad, I guess. No. Um, the thing I noticed, and I'm sure you also noticed, was um, when Nev Campbell's character, Sydney is being called by the killer the first time mm-hmm. in her house. And then Billy is in her window and a cell phone falls out of her pocket. And she's just like, oh, my God, he has a cell phone. So he has to be the killer. Even though it was there's no way th- that the killer who was just at her bedroom door could have made it to her window in that span of time. Yeah. And obviously, spoiler alert, there's two killers. But you're not supposed to know that when you first watch the movie. No. You just assume it's one. So there's no way that he could get from that point to her window. Yes. And it was just funny when the share when they're at the sheriff's office and he's like, "Why do you have a cellular phone?" And uh, to me, that's just hilarious because. But it was it's even not something that would happen today. It was even better when he said because he says he's like, "What are you doing doing with a cellular, cellular phone. telephone?" Yes. And I was just like, they would never ask you that nowadays. If you didn't have a cell phone, they'd be like, "Where's your cell phone?" Yeah. Why don't you have a cell phone? Yeah. What'd you do with it? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Um, how about you? Uh, definitely the cordless phones. And also at one point there was a corded telephone that was used when, nice. uh, they, uh, Jamie Kennedy's character, Randy gets the phone call that their, uh, principal had died. Yes. And it was on a corded phone and all the kids were super excited and wanted to go see their principal hanging from a goalpost. And then, uh, the council massive box televisions. Yes. Those were... I mean that's that's the time, but I'm like that's. A, well, a I wrote I wrote like I don't think Stu would have officially died by death by flat screen. Yes, because they're pretty light. Yeah, I mean maybe it would have hurt a little bit, but not it even wouldn't. Thin. Yeah, it's it not would, gonna kill you. No, it wouldn't happen like that. No. So definitely some things that they utilized that does not age well. No, but Mm-mm. also really funny. Um, do is there anything else? I don't know. No, I think that's all I had was just that. And then also with our little joke that we made for our intro for the category, the using a like MS DOS computer to call 911. Is that a thing? I don't think it, I mean, we just got text to 911 a few years ago. It had to have been like maybe, I don't know. It's weird. They live in a small town though. Yeah. Even if it was a thing, I don't think their town would have it. No, but it was, it was. It's funny and dated. So. But no, that's all I have. Awesome. So let's move on then from tech to our next category. Kids would call it a throwback. We call it the prime of our teens. Oh, yes. Were there any fashion choices or dated references that you noticed? I had a ton. <laughs> uh, I will start with the fashion choices. And it seemed like every female was wearing mom jeans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, uh, yeah. So that was like one uh, in the guys' clothing. It was a lot of lounge shirts, and it was very much the clothes of the time. So it was right. a little distracting. Uh, my favorite though was Matthew Lillard as Stu uh, at a party wearing essentially a bathrobe or it a, was like smoker's a smoker's jacket. jacket. Yeah. yeah, I was, I was like, like, "What are you, Hugh Hefner over like, here? What are you wearing?" But that, those were my fashion choices ones. But yeah, what what did you find? Um, my favorite fashion choice and the one. Out of all the females, the one I recognize... Well, there's two that I recognize the most. First was Gail, mm-hmm. Courtney Cox. 
her first outfit ever was bright green. It looked like she was a freaking highlighter. Yes. And then um, it seemed like almost all of Rose McGowan's, who is Tatum, her outfits looked like she was a 60s go-go dancer. Yes. And uh, I mean, I know there was like this resurgence of kind of like 60s clothing like in the mid 90s but Mm -hmm. it was just like and i think with like her hair parted but it was probably a style choice made by like west caribbean like he probably did that on purpose because Mm -hmm. like slasher films of the 60s and 70s i wouldn't i wouldn't put put it past him i can't talk (laughs) that was the only ones that i found really distracting but mostly all of gail's clothing was yeah. super flashy super bright her and... gold jacket yeah at the end, i was like oh my lord um, and then her chunky highlights were uh, amazing yes and uh yeah the, but other than that nobody really had anything too crazy except for like D- david arquette's uh dewey character had the thin mustache yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's but bad. i think he keeps that throughout the whole like yeah, film series. But, but, yeah, so. the whole series. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, were there any offensive jokes that I, you found? I don't. I didn't really find any offensive jokes, but I found a ton of dated references. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The girls wanted to rent all the right moves so they could see Tom Cruise's penis. Sure. He's fifty-six years old. <laughs> I don't know that he is the sex symbol that he once was. He's still pretty good looking. He's good looking, but I think girls nowadays would be more interested in uh, Ryan Gosling or someone younger. And then uh, they were telling Sydney that her mom was no Sharon Stone. Yeah. Which I was like, I'm pretty sure the average 18 year old has no clue who Sharon Stone is. Oh yeah, they had a there was a lot of references that I caught on, like the Richard Gere oh, reference, the gerbil story. <laughs> yeah, like which is Tat- still yeah. Tatum was just comparing like the fact that if you keep hearing a rumor, eventually it's gonna seem true because mm-hmm. she's talking about how Sydney's mom is potentially the town slut. Yes. Um, and then. Tori, the Tori Spelling reference, which, I mean, they make true, I think, in the third, or no, actually, in the second movie, when they make an actual movie of... Stab. Yeah, they make Stab, but because Tori Spelling is pretty relevant in Mm -hmm. 1996. Definitely. So, I mean, she is on a a hit TV show, and, and then just... Obviously, all of the references of horror movies, but mm-hmm. I don't think they're dated because they're talking about classic movies. Yeah, definitely. It just fits with the the whole film. Yeah, they, like their whole meta. They definitely concept. picked uh, classics that have continued to stand the test of time. As far as the ones they're referencing, there was no like yeah. Blair Witch reference or anything like that, which well, obviously came has, out later. But I'm saying like, like there was no like, and I don't know what would it be a early '90s flash on the pan horror movie but i don't even know i think honestly before scream there's probably like a lull of not great films like yeah. they made a couple halloween sequels that were like straight to video Very terrible yeah um and i don't honestly i can't think of a notable one i mean yeah. other than like maybe like silence of the lambs which they do reference yeah um and That's true. but i mean there was no like really offensive jokes or no, anything like that other than Everybody focusing on the fact that Sydney's mom might be the town slut. Yeah. And that's what got her killed. Um, and then, like, just the whole, like, cliche of uh, Billy, you know, pressuring Sydney into sex. Yeah. But yeah. other than that, <laughs> it honestly, like, compared to some other movies set in, like, the 90s or 
that were made in the 90s, I'm, I'm actually really surprised there wasn't any, yeah. like, really offensive jokes. No, not at all. Um, should we move on? Yes. Uh, our next category is going to be, well, hello there. Ooh. Which is our, uh, did we recognize anyone uh, famous who was in the movie that we may have forgot? Did you have anyone? I had a couple, um, but the one I always forget about every time I watch this movie is Rose McGowan, mm-hmm. because I think it's because she dies, and I she's obviously not in any of the sequels, mm-hmm. but I just forget that she is, like, Dewey's sister, yeah. and that she is, like, Sydney's best friend. Yeah. Because I feel like they probably do mention her in the other, the sequels, probably. But, but I feel like they don't. And... I think it's easy to get glossed over whereas like Drew Barrymore has a very famous scene at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then obviously Nev Campbell and Courtney Cox are in the entire like arc of the, f- the film series. So they're easily rememberable. Yeah. And David Arquette. Not and, rememberable. And, and uh, Jamie Kennedy. Yeah. Uh, the one that I forgot was in it, it was The Fonz. Yes. Henry, Henry Winkler as Mr. Hembry, the Our principal. principal. Yeah. And he was his... Uh, acting is very Fonz like (laughs) yeah I I loved when he like the first scene he's in he's like talking to Sydney and he like touches her chin and I'm just like you what you can't do that you're the principal (laughs) you can't can't touch students like that like it wasn't like sexual or anything but I was just like even that people would be like why are you touching a student like that (laughs) (laughs) but yeah he was the one and then I know you you caught one other one Oh, Linda Blair. Yeah. It was just like a, a really quick cameo. She was like a really abrasive reporter. Mm-hmm. Oh, another. Abrasive reporter. Yeah, because yeah, also it was, that was like a true cameo where like you yeah. you blink and you miss it. So, yeah, yeah, and it was like obviously an homage to she's a horror movie icon. icon. So. Yeah, very true. Um, Should we move on to Is It Even Good? Where we talk about if the plot is believable and if the casting choices are good. Well, what did you think? I thought the plot was believable in the sense, I mean, it's just a typical slasher movie. There's people getting stabbed left and right. The only thing that I thought was incredibly odd was it appeared the only one that had sympathy towards the fact that Sydney's mom was raped and murdered. Yes. Was Tatum. Everyone else in that town was a dick and thought it was funny to make fun of this. Yeah. That was the only part I was like, I'd like to think... If that happened to someone, people aren't going to make that many jokes. Yeah. I feel like Gail was pretty sympathetic, but she also was... When you think about it now, knowing all the plot of the movie, like, she was honestly right. Yeah. Like, Cotton Weary didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Nev Campbell's character, Sydney, was wrong in yeah. pinpointing him. But obviously, she didn't know. She, I mean, Sydney wouldn't knowingly put an, an innocent man in jail. No. So... Uh, but I agree, like, nobody is sympathetic in this movie at all. No. And even, like, the thing that bothered me, okay, the first time Sydney gets attacked, she's, like, thinks it's Randy playing a joke, and she's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. But I'm like, you, two of your classmates were just murdered. Yeah. So you're not even thinking, like, this might actually be real. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Tatum does it right before she dies as she thinks it's a joke too and i'm like you several people have been murdered in your town and you have no concept of like maybe but i think it just plays with the that they're trying they're a jaded generation and they're not as scared as 
generations before. But then the other thing that I was thinking of was they had just had the issue at school. That's true. Where kids are running around as ghost face and they think yeah, it's hilarious. Yeah, that's true. So I can understand, especially Tatum, thinking that ghost face was just one of her friends playing a prank. Because right. they're at a party, everybody's laughing and having a good time. But obviously, maybe you should be a little more cautious. Exactly. And that, I mean, that was the thing that bothered me. Did you have any issues with the casting? No. Um, I don't think so. I was just looking at my notes here. Nope, I I didn't. I thought they were all cast pretty well. Um, I like Rose McGowan. Like, she's good at playing, like, a quippy, smart Alec character. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no, everybody was good casting. And honestly, it was kind of hard to find, like, ones that were bad acting. Like, you know, in most, like, all the movies we reviewed, there's one at least one notable person that you're like, whoa, calm down. Yes. But, I mean, we'll get into that later, of course. Um, we we usually do funniest line and cringiest line, but we're going to also add best death scene. Yes. Since this is a horror movie and there's plenty of death scenes to go around. What was your choice for that? Uh, for death scene, I my favorite is Tatum going through the dog door <laughs> and the garage door going up and her getting killed or impaled or however she di- uh, truly died i thought that one was made me chuckle yeah but that that was my favorite what was yours that was mine too <laughs> and only because and i know this had to do with like just the effects but i always laughed at the way they show her head being smushed uh-huh. because it's not like like game of thrones style accurate like blood everywhere it's like a barbie doll head being smushed yeah like in I don't know if that's just because the technology they had for, like, like you know, blood and gore and yeah. special effects. But I think it just looks like a smushed Barbie doll head. So mm-hmm. that was one of my favorites. I also liked the opening scene because it's pretty iconic. And yes. Like, I was saying while we were watching it, I was like, it's kind of, like, more devastating than I remember. Because the parents come home and then the music's all sad. And, like, mm-hmm. she's so close to her parents, but she ends up you know she can't talk yeah and because he like punctures her lungs i'm guessing so i'm like watching it now as an adult i'm like this i never i feel bad for the parents (laughs) like i never feel bad for like an opening scene yeah death uh, of like a horror movie but i'm like i feel bad for the parents but yeah um other than that did you have a funny line uh Uh, there was uh, some funny parts uh one of my favorites is when Sydney locks herself in the room at the towards the beginning of the movie and Ghostface is able to kind of just get his arm. Oh, with her like conveniently messed up doors. Yeah, she has like two doors that like kind of block each other. And, yeah. yeah, and Ghostface is just stabbing Amosley yeah. <laughs> like around in a circle, which I thought was uh pretty funny. And then uh when Billy and Stu are trying to stage that they were attacked as well. And they're stabbing each other. And Billy kind of takes it a little too far. And the Stu's like, I'm feeling woozy here, man. Yes. <laughs> like, that, I love that part. That, um, that was amazing. That's like a part I always remember. Mm-hmm. Um, the other... Uh, mine was... I had a couple, but I just liked um, when Sydney punched Gail. Like, oh, yeah. At the police station. Because mm-hmm. obviously she sees her in a bad light because... I mean, like I said, she was right. Yes. Like, her mother was having multiple affairs. Not that she had a right to be killed, of course. But no. 
But, I mean, like, she was accurate about, you know, what actually happened. And I just liked when Sydney, like, just punches her in the face. Because mm-hmm. it's like... I mean, it is kind of invasive to, like, poke into somebody's life who just lost their mother. Yeah. And then to hear all these bad things about her mother. And, like, obviously there was some victim blaming there. Yeah. Um, which happens in real life. So, that was funny. Uh, what about any cringiest moments that... The- my biggest, it, it wasn't like I went, oh my god, but it was whenever someone used scissors or a knife was pulled, <laughs> the like sound effect guy that the or the foley artist was using, it just sounds like I was waiting for someone to just pop up and go on guard because it was just like sword like typical cheesy noises yeah. that kind of made me cringe. But I don't know that there was any other moments where I was just like, eh, that's terrible. Did yeah. you have any? Um, I had a couple, and all of them sent around lines that Billy said, because um, he just said some really horrible things, but I, it was in the beginning when he's in her bedroom, and he's kind of, like, talking to her about, like, having sex, and he's like, I wouldn't dare break your underwear rule. Like, it just, the, like, I think it was supposed to be, like, sexy, and no, yeah. like, it's not sexy. No. Um, oh, and then the other line was actually, Sydney said it, like, right before they have sex, and she's like... Why can't I be in a Meg Ryan movie or even a good porno? And I'm like, that was her come online. Like, I'm ready to have sex now. Yeah. No, that was very weird. Did you have any, like, additional things that you were wanting to talk about? Like, there was a couple, like, some of the filming, it seemed like they were doing almost with a fisheye effect. And it was a little nauseating. But also, I know that was kind of something that was popping up in, like, music videos at the Mm -hmm. time. Oh, yeah. So I think that actually had a bad effect and almost dated the film and then the other part that i was just like this makes zero sense was they institute a curfew Mm -hmm. so the town has to close down at nine they do a whole montage of all the businesses closing down like curfews in effect and they cut to a scene where like it's kind of getting a little bit dark but then they cut to dewey talking to like the sergeant or the sheriff and he has to put sunglasses on. That's how bright it is. Yeah. But I just watched your whole town shut down. Yeah, that's true. And then the it's next scene, like a... he's driving, which I know the scene was meant because he's going to drive them to the party and it explains why he's there. Yeah. But I just thought that was so weird. I'm like, why did you cut, like, at least have it dusk when you film that scene? Or, like, totally have the scene before everybody's, like, ushering off into... Yeah. Like, the woman, like, grabbed her child, like, oh my yeah. god, let's get home before We gotta dad. end our picnic. <laughs> I had an issue, the biggest flaw in the movie for me, mm-hmm. and this, I, I guess you could pick this out of a lot of horror movies, was, like, how quickly they were able to move bodies. For example, when Gail's cameraman dies, yes, Sydney is in the van with him, and she, like, slips out of that little hole. Mm-hmm. And then, like, two minutes later, Gail comes out, and the body's gone. Yes. And it's on top of the van. And I'm like, these are two 17-year-old boys. And actually, technically, it's just one because... uh, Billy's inside. Billy's still upstairs pretending to be dead. Mm -hmm. And so, you're saying that uh, Stu is able to hurdle a large man, too. Because they make jokes, like, Gail makes a couple of fat jokes. 50 pounds overweight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, onto the van, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that's not that's not plausible. But unless no. unless Billy ran down real quick, helped him the help with the body, and then ran back, back upstairs yeah, that, for just yeah. you know for him to fall down the <laughs> stairs. 
terribly s- st- still uh, faking his uh, death yeah. scene. Um, but yeah, should we move on to our final thoughts? I think it's time that we hit some award season and go ahead and hand out our first award, the valedictorian of the Nicolas Cage Online School of Bad Acting. Who are you giving your award to? This one was hard for me because, like I had said earlier, I feel like there wasn't anybody that was, like, above and beyond just a bad actor overall. I I almost gave it to that scene where there's, like, a cheerleader and her friend talking about Sydney, about how she's the murderer. Uh And I'm like, I don't even know what's wrong with this girl, like, why she hates Sydney so much. But her friend, when she's like, oh, my God, like, was really overacting. But... I didn't give it to her. In the end, I'm going to give it to Skeet Ulrich. Of course you did. For Billy. And it's not because I don't (laughs) like him. Yeah, okay. It's because his death scene, his first, his, like, fake death scene, where right after um, they have sex, him and Sydney, and uh, he gets stabbed. Mm -hmm. I'm using air quotes here because obviously he doesn't get stabbed. Yes. Quite yet. And he, like, turns around and he's like, Sydney. Like... (laughs) And I'm like, Jesus, how do you not know that he's faking it by now? Uh, and then he topples over. And then when he falls down the stairs a little bit later, so bad. still pretending to be stabbed several times. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that was pretty bad. But just overall, and it, honestly, he didn't bother me until those last scenes. Yes. He, he was uh, really intense in their last scene where him and Stu are spoiling the whole plot of their their murders to Sydney, mm-hmm. and he just, I felt like he was just really over the top. But like I said, it was, just, for me, it was by default, because yeah. there wasn't that much to choose from. How about you? Uh, mine, it, at first, I was like, this is a slam dunk, he's doing terrible, because he seemed like he had attention deficit disorder, and was just so hyper and over the top, it was Matthew Lillard. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the movie, he was my favorite part. And I was cracking up at him bleeding out. He was funny as heck when he was doing that. But who'd you pick for the bad award? That's who I'm giving it to. I'm still giving it to him. Oh. But I thought you were going to just Because my else. favorite part is he asked Sydney, did you really call the cops? And she says yes. And he's like, man, my mom and dad are going to be so mad. I'm like, you've murdered people. The house is covered in blood, and you're you're mad because your parents are going to find out because yeah. your friend called the police. You're a murderer. You're trying to murder her too. But I he he had me cracking up at the end. So, yeah. But uh, still, he he, as I would do with a Nicky Cage movie, he was pretty bad. So, uh, our next award is going to obviously be for excellence. I'm going to go ahead and uh, who are you giving your Thomas J Hanks award to? You mean the Thomas J. Hanks Award for Exceptional Acting? That one. Um, I'm giving it to Matthew Lillard. What? Because the end scene is supposed to be funny. Yeah. It's He has... His comic, comedic timing is oh. really underrated. No. I think everything he said when he was bleeding out was hilarious. Yes. And it was supposed to be hilarious okay. because they're playing on that, like... These murders are supposed to be really scary, but mm. in the end, it's just a 17-year-old boy. He's still a psychopath, but <laughs> he he still worries about stupid stuff, like his parents being mad at him, yeah. and like he, di- he didn't think about these consequences before acting, before killing Sydney's mother and, and, you know, planning all these other murders with mm-hmm. his best friend. 
but now he's realizing the consequences as he's bleeding out because his friend stabbed him a little too much. Yeah. But yeah, I think uh like that that whole scene where he's just like uh like yeah. like freaking you, no, out. No, he was he was fan. I, yeah, every line was hilarious. Yeah. So that's why I give it to him. And I totally understand that because, like I said, I, it was hard to give out that award in this movie because I thought there was a lot of great acting. But his. How about who? Who's up. yours? I honestly give it to Nev Campbell as Sydney. Uh, I, I almost. Said I thought that she was a very good scream queen. She acted very well in the movie. At no point did I go, "Oh, she's doing bad." Like I, so I, she, I, she, she is against type. Yeah. Because they do mention in the movie that like all of the famous scream queens are well i guess jamie lee curtis because they mentioned her is pretty against type two yeah i i think but Mm -hmm. i liked when she was being sarcastic when the like killer called her yeah but at the same time i I was just like why like it'd be one thing if you were the first person to get murdered Mm -hmm. like drew barry moore's character was a little sarcastic with the person and was just like ugh. yeah but yeah no so yeah, that's who I gave it to. I didn't mean to cut you off if you had anything No, else. I thought she did a great job. And that, like I said, uh, I agree with you on that part. Like when she's just a smart ass to essentially a killer. Yeah. And I also love that she managed to need, find it necessary to go get the voice box thing after Matthew Lillard and Stu were, uh, sorry, and Billy were stabbing each other. And she still like found it necessary to get that and talk crap to him with a voice box. I think she's just so angry at this point. She's yeah. just like, I'm going to do it. But then I kind of pointed out, I was like, she took the time to, to put on the scream mask <laughs> and the thing, get up. Like, totally. what if randomly the police showed up? They would totally think she's the murderer. They would shoot her. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be going, oh my God, the officer shot an unnecessary kid. And yeah. while well, he was acting. So let, let's uh, get to, uh, does it hold up to your adult standards? I, I thought it it was a little dated and like everything about it kind of screamed 1996, but I, I still enjoyed the movie. So I thought in that sense, yeah, I'd say it held up. What about you? I think it did. And I think one of the main reasons was because of the writing, because they are making movie references. They're kind of making fun of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're being very meta in a sense that they're talking about all these horror movies but then they're in a horror movie yeah um i thought it was funny that uh everybody like was quick to joke that randy was the killer Mm -hmm. and then even for a split second you're made to believe that maybe he could be the killer yeah when it's him and matthew yeah when him and Stu are like trying to tell sydney that they think each other are the killers Mm -hmm. um but if you think about it he's he is the one that's movie obsessed he works at a video store. Another dated reference yeah. we forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody makes movie references because it's how this movie is written. Mm-hmm. Billy s- says something about Silence of the Lambs right before they have sex, which is totally romantic. Oh. Um, and, you know, like, everybody's doing it. So, potentially, anybody could be... Because the serial... The killer in the first scene makes a lot of movie references, yeah. obviously. He says the famous line... And they even are like, movie? when we make this into a movie... Like, that's yeah. the thing. So, yeah. Yeah, it was very meta. But, um, so I think, honestly, that 
that whole way of writing really set the movie apart as far as horror movies, like when it first came out. And I think mm-hmm. that's why it was such a big success. And I think it still translates well. Yeah. Um, because I think now we live in a society where it's all about references. We send gifts all the time of movies. Yes. Like, so it, to me, it still holds up mm-hmm. in that way. Um, so overall, yeah, I do think it's, it holds up. There's nothing too offensive about it. No. Um, I mean, a horror movie is a horror movie. It's pretty much a classic. And, I mean, the only things that date it is just the t- technology. And and that, that's kind of been the way I've been looking at the movies uh, as an overall. I kind of do the, could they take the script and remake the movie? Right. And I feel if you take out a couple actor names and insert more current reference, I think you could use this exact script and make this a movie and it would be insanely successful again. There would just be things that they couldn't get away with. As far as uh, murdering, uh, like the cell phone thing would be so easy to track. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And they... They didn't worry about fingerprints. No, they didn't. No. And, and I'm like, fingerprints was a thing in 1996. Yeah, oh, yeah. D- DNA was a thing. Yeah. Um, but maybe they were just banking on the fact that they live in a small town. Maybe mm-hmm. they're not going to have the resources. But I'm thinking if six people get murdered in a house that they're probably going to bring in some big shots from a different city. The FBI might make yeah, an appearance. exactly. So, definitely, like, especially at the end when they're trying to frame uh, Sydney's dad for the murder, they're like, we're just going to put the voice thing in his pocket, and yeah. and I'm like, but then your blood's all over it, and, yeah. and your, like, fingerprints are all over it, dude. Like, yeah. you can't get away with murder like you could 30 years ago. No. Uh... I say that like I'm planning a murder. <laughs> I'm not. If I turn up dead, you guys know what to look for. I can hear you whispering. Don't edit that out, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, so, yeah, I mean, Scream, who knew, would hold up. Actually, we guessed it would hold we up. Did. And we It did. So, yeah. we're, we're pretty good at this. Yeah. Um, so, that is it for today. Next week, we're going to have a brand new movie for you. Do you... I will go ahead and give you a little sneak peek. It is a either 1994 or 1995 classic starring Ben Stiller. Heavyweights. Yes. Love that movie. Yeah, we decided to, you know, change it up a little. We've done some teen comedies. Now we need to go back a little earlier. Did a teen comedy. We did a bit of a teen drama. We did a horror movie. And now we're doing a kids movie. So... Look out for that, and definitely check out our other episodes that we have yes. out. We did American Pie and Cruel Attentions, if this is your first time listening. Yes. And uh, thank you for listening. And Matt. as always, please, if you have a moment, please review. Um, and as always, subscribe. Subscribe. Go ahead. You want to tell a friend about that subscribing. You do. And then if you didn't like it, don't tell me. I don't want to know. <laughs> tell an enemy. Tell an enemy. So they can... Listen in horror. But tell the enemy you liked it and that they should subscribe. And then laugh. And then, yeah, laugh in the at dark. their misery. Going, go, Excellent. <laughs> so, wow. so that'll do it for Ruining, Ruining Our, our childhood. childhood. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye. Bye.